0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the alt. It's Jay <laughs> and Jay. We want to say welcome to the alt. We are a space where we are talking about all the things that are going on in our lives, all while we are trying to do life.
1: Is way
0: it's God's way that is, and we have a special guest with us in this building. As you all know, we have been doing our Be Well series, and so we've been featuring some amazing. Right, Kay? So amazing people amazing. Who are experts in their own right to talk about just various Man. ways in which God wants us to be well. And today right. we have someone who is so special to me. I, um, I thought of my husband, of course, who was with us last week, but we have with us, I call her Mama Cherry, but she is Reverend Winsome Williams. So Reverend Williams is our speaker for today. And I want to pause and I want to, uh, ask you, Reverend Williams, if you would not mind um, sharing with our ALT fam a little bit of who you are, just so they can kind of um, loosen up and welcome welcome your sweet voice into the conversation.
2: So, Reverend Williams, introduce yourself. Okay. I am Reverend Winston Williams, but as uh, Minister ja- Jasmine just said... <laughs> <laughs> I believe she just always ministered to others in her own rights. She um, yeah. called me Mama Cherry, Auntie Cherry. And so these are names that have come by over the, a number of years, entering into the mission field, having different um, exposure to different culture, different persons. And then according to how they find me, then my name changes. <laughs> and so for me... Uh, the ministry that we are on tonight is um in Israel Ministry of Southflorida.net. And um one of my favorite ministry, apart from teaching on forgiveness is marriage. I enjoy, I fight for marriages. I'm a divorcee. Let me let you know that. And although I am, I do the I say the correction, the antidote medicine to help keep marriage going. So in a nutshell.
1: That's the easiest way to do it.
0: And I love to cook. Oh. <laughs> oh um, no. I'm so excited to speak to you, um, Reverend Cherry, because um Jay has just spoken so much <laughs> about you. She's told me about you for even before we started this podcast, she's always talked about um your ministry on forgiveness. And I'm so excited to talk about your book that you provided us and I've read through. But before we get into the meat of the book yes. and about forgiveness, we're gonna go into our special segment, which is called Hellos and Goodbyes. And the hellos and goodbyes are a time where we say hello to the things that you want to look that you're looking forward to in the week coming up. And goodbyes are the things that you don't want to follow you into that week. So you wanna leave it and the last week, you don't wanna see it, you don't wanna redo it. So we're leaving it back there. So I'm gonna start off with my hellos and goodbyes. And um, this week my hellos and goodbyes kind of mirror each other. I'm saying hello to facts and I'm saying goodbye to fears. Um, But I've realized that I did over these last couple of weeks because I've been feeling really down And I realized the reason I was feeling so down is because um, I was a lot, I was allowing a lot of my fears to just take me to a place on its own. So I would think a thought, I have no facts on that thought, but then I just thinking worst case scenario, worst, worst case scenario, worst case scenario. And it was just, and then I would get super anxious. I would get depressed over something that hasn't even happened. It didn't happen. I have no proof of it happening, but just the thought of it happening, just, I took that as fact. So I realized that I was like, why was I so down? Um, and through a conversation with a friend, I realized that that's the reason why I was so down. So I'm definitely letting go of these fears and I'm going to hold on to facts. If it's not a factual thing, I am not going to, going to allow my brain to take me to another place. So those are my hellos and goodbyes. Good, That's good. Reverend Cherry. I, I'm gonna call you Reverend Cherry. I'm sorry. I like yeah.
2: the <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cute. I'm happy with everyone you're good with.
0: Yes. Okay. So Reverend That's Cherry, exactly I'll like ask about you? What do you what do you have a hello or a goodbye that you want to say for this week?
2: Um, my hello is a close encounter with the Lord this week.
1: Okay. I really okay.
2: got into um I've been with a group that we have been praying for our adult children. And that group, as mothers and fathers, have really taken us in a place of not just the radical, but praising God for them. Right. And so right. the goodbye is to doubt or fear that I can step into their space and not be afraid. And actually, um, on Thursday, I did just that. I heard the Lord saying to me, faith without works is dead. And so I had to take that work into action and go ring a doorbell. And I was, su- they were surprised to see me there because they weren't <laughs> expecting me to show up. So the goodbye is that I'm not going to be afraid when the Lord say go there. I will go there.
0: All right. Wow. The hellos and goodbyes are always such <laughs> a great portion of our, um, of our episodes. It's always rich always learn something new so as we always tell our listeners um if you have any hellos and goodbyes don't forget to share it with us on our posts send us a dm we love to see you guys share your hellos and goodbyes and we stand in agreement with your hellos and goodbyes so, so said stand in agreement, agreement. So stand in agreement <laughs> yeah. with your hellos and goodbyes so with that being said now let's get into this book Reverend Cherry, let me tell you, you was in my house while was I was talking. She was knocking, like, "Kiki, you knew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, knew. you knew." I have been struggling with this exact um, subject, so today I feel like I, I'm so honored to be in front of someone who's like an expert. So I'm gonna be, I'm ready to take notes. I'm ready to <laughs> listen, <laughs> figure out how to do. So we're gonna go right into our, um, right into this. So tell us, tell us, like, how, how did you choose forgiveness as your as your, um, ministry, what brought you here? Forgiveness.
2: I would say I didn't really choose it, but, um, as I was maturing in the Lord, I recognized that there, there were some things that needed to be dealt with. And I lay myself out one day prostrate before the Lord. And I say, Lord, show me, me the way you see me. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready for him to do that, don't ask that question. Mm -hmm. Shortly after I was doing that, my youngest daughter was in a mission training class and she was only 16 years old, entering into international mission, meaning that she was going to travel outside of her comfort comfort zone. And so they had to prepare them for real warfare. And she called me one day and she says, mom, I need to deal with some unforgiveness. And I'm like, "Ooh, you unforgiveness 16. Where is this coming from? So when she came home after that trip, she said to me, Mom, I need to let you know you have some unforgiveness to deal with. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: And
2: she says, well, I have some unforgiveness towards Dad, which is now my ex-husband. And I'm like, really? And she says, if you don't mind, let us do a role play of what I did while I was in this training. And um, she began to say to me, do you realize you have unforgiveness towards that? And I'm like, yeah, but. And I use that word, but, several times in the conversation. And she says to me, Mom, can I highlight something to you? But is not forgiveness. But is justifying your right to mm-hmm. hold unforgiveness towards this person. And so when she, we did a role play, which you will see in the back of the book, um, she pretended to be her dad, and I am me, asking for his forgiveness for the things I, the pain I've caused him, the disappointment of being divorced and all that. And he sat before my very eyes, and he never acknowledged at any point that he did me some wrong. And that was kind of below the belt. And I could not use the word but because she had already warned me that but is not forgiveness. After um, explaining to him that I'm sorry for all the different things, and he accepted and he just said, Is that all? And I'm like, Yeah. Still, the human side of me was hoping to hear he said something that he was guilty of. He didn't. I walked away from there with tears in my eyes because I'd asked the Lord not to let me cry in front of him because it might stir up that anger and unforgiveness. When I walked away, I heard John eight thirty six. When I looked it up, it says, oh, the Son of God said, free is free indeed. And Kay, I can tell you that day I felt like a weight was lifted off of my shoulder. And that freedom that I felt, I just felt like everybody need to experience this. Mm. And so I started calling upon friends. And I'm like, listen, Jay, do you have anything to deal with unforgiveness? I was operating a beauty parlor at that time. I would be doing the client here and I just, I could discern some unforgiveness in some person's art. And so once it, it, that freedom was so sweet for me, I now said, you know what? I just want to do it for us as a ministry. And shortly after that, the Lord called me to close down my beauty parlor.
1: And here I am. Wow.
0: Fucking forgiveness. Wow. Um, I was just listening to something that you had said when you were just saying how, like, you uh, confronted, like, your daughter pretty much confronted you and said Mm -hmm. to you, um, pretty much she put the mirror. She showed you the mirror. And then you saw yourself. And it just made me think. And and then you said, like, at first you kind of, you know, like, no, that can't be me. That can't be me. So, and you eventually recognized you're, you know, you've recognized that there was some unforgiveness in you, and again, you talked about how you confronted your um, ex husband about it. I wanted to ask you, what is it about um, that person who has unforgiveness in them? what What is it if you can identify? Um, what is that thing that that person that has inside of them that has this that that has that's had that that is having difficulties with forgiving? You know, is it I know you talk in your book about your own in terms of jealousy and pride and growing up, but are there other seeds in a sense that are planted in the heart of those
2: that are having difficulties? Um forgiving. The the right to revenge. <laughs> we feel we have that right to uh, revenge. Right. A right. All right. And so somewhere in the book you'll see. it. I put forgiveness is giving up your right. Mm. It's giving up your right because the Bible tells us if your brother or sister have ought against you, you are to go and ask them for forgiveness. So if we take it from the Bible, it makes it a little bit easier. But I always say you have to give up your right to be able to forgive. And a lot of people are still not ready. He raped me. He molested me um he offended me she offended me and so i have a right to lash back i have a right to defend myself but when we look at the cross of calvary did we see any of that coming from christ who have forgiven us much mm-hmm. but
0: how do we do that though like how do we like we know we know what the scripture says like what you just said we see we can look to calvary and we can see what christ how christ did not you know Act or respond to those who were hurting him and 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 and, and beating on him and 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 mistreating him, um, but w- some of us are still having a hard time. Like we know the scripture, we have tried therapy, we tried prayer, we tried journaling. We've we've tried all of that, but then there's still many of us that are still having a hard time with forgiving. What next? What, what do we say to that person who I, I prayed about it? I saw a counselor about it, and I'm still not over it.
2: Forgiveness is also a choice. So that for the person who does not know the cross, doesn't know the scripture, medical doctors are proving now that when we hold those things inside of us, it is now manifesting itself through different symptoms. In the book, I speak, um, there's a young lady. I will refer to her as Kay. And she faked forgive for a number of years. She thought she forgave. She pretended as if she forgave. How do you know you forgive? I'm sorry, Reverend William. How do you know you're faking? How do you know you fake forgive? Okay, that's what I'm going to know. She thought she had forgiven until it, it, it internalized. And in internalizing, she started having symptoms that looked like um, MS, right? And she kept going from doctors to doctors to doctors and they just could not find anything wrong with her until one of them diagnosed her with MS. And as leaving the office, she was in a backslidden state. She heard the Holy Spirit say they have to put a name to it, but the name to it is unforgiveness. And so she had to look back now and by faith, he began to ask the Lord, what is it? Who is it? And he began to show her. So for the unsafe person, it's going to be the same thing. It's a choice by faith you will have to do to to, to forgive. So it's really a choice up to the individual. I am not feeling well. Each time I see the person, I become angry again. Am I going to allow this person to continue Control my emotion. Am I gonna allow this person to continue? Control my character, my dignity. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness rob you of so many things. Uh, for me, I was in a state of mental unforgiveness by my own thought. Sometimes it's our thought, and may I explain that one to you? As the second child of four children. I saw my older sister as my mom, virgin, innocent, the dream child. The second child, oops, we weren't ready for another child. Mm. The third child, things began to happen financially and different good things started to happen to them. The fourth child was a boy. Every man wanted a boy to carry on his name. So me being the second child, I kept on telling my mom right up into adulthood, you don't like me. So I imprisoned myself in my own thought for a number of years as an unbeliever that I was not wanted. And I was born in the era where you had un- people call us unwanted children. The child that came from a rape a child that was born out of a nightstand, you know. So you can really put yourself in a place of mental torture if you're not aware. And then I saw I was an ugly person, just like my daughter said. I look good. I used the red lipstick to cover it up. I yeah. But I was not an old person. So, yeah, my thought is where it mostly starts. And if you do not deal with it, that thought becomes action, so rather than walking around with a smile key, you find that you see somebody look like that person that offend you and you start building a story and judging that person according to what you're internally carrying so right. this fakeness is like ah, I, mm, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and when you
0: said that right to revenge that that resonated a lot with me because I think sometimes you don't want to let go of that right to revenge because you feel as though if you let it go, you're telling that person that what they did was okay to you. Yeah. So I almost feel like I always have to make sure you know, remember, that, like I want you to remember that yeah. you did this to me. So I can't let go of this right to revenge because okay. although I know as a believer that I should let go of it. And I know that God says, vengeance is mine. This is up to God. Let God deal with it. But there's still this part of you that's almost like, I hear you, God, but I'm gonna just keep an eye on this person for you down here because while they're here, I need them to know. I need, I need them to know <laughs> that. And, and and then the other thing, culture. I think culture plays a, a big a big part of it too. Cause we now live in this cancel culture where it's like, you did me wrong, I can just cancel you out. And that's kind of like the fake forgiveness too, Jay. Like mm-hmm. saying that like. I'm a like I didn't forgive you, but I'm gonna cancel you out. I'm just not gonna. But then you're holding. You're still angry. You're holding it all in. Um, you're you're being affected by. You see someone on TV or someone that resembles like um, like Reverend Terry said. Like you just you you hear a song on the radio. You like you back you back. you like so quickly and so quickly are reminded that you haven't dealt with it. So I do understand the the right to revenge. Like I get it. Yeah.
2: And just like you say, it's not just cancel you out. There are persons who will say, I am cutting you off. So that cancel or cut off society that you are in, make you remain in bondage longer than you need to be. Wow.
0: You, you, you said something in, um, in the book, I actually wrote it down. It was one of the good ones. Um, by the way, I was at work and I was reading it and the bell had rang. Everyone had gone home and I was sitting on a bench. At work, reading it. And mm-hmm. someone came by and was like, What are you doing? You are very, are you working on a, what are you working on? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm sorry. Cause I was literally with pad and pencil and book and I was just writing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said something. You said, You will know wounds are present because they come with a reminder of mm-hmm. the pain. And when, and, and, and like you were saying, Kay, like you were saying, Reverend um, Cherry or Mama Cherry, when that pain comes back up again, yeah, you haven't forgiven. You haven't forgiven. Yeah. When that song yeah. comes back up again, you haven't yeah. forgiven. And it's right. frustrating. I know for me, I don't know if anybody, I, I got very frustrated with myself because I thought that I was much further along with the forgiveness than I was. And then realizing that, oh no, I'm still in the same place. Like, you like, oh man, I thought that I was further. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Reverend William, Um, question. Should we um work? Sh- okay should we wait until we're ready to forgive or should we should we be in a place where you know what I am now ready to forgive let me forgive or should we work to forgive
1: you
0: even say, when I we don't feel like it even though I don't feel like it I'm not 100% there I still had that hurt so should I wait until I'm I go over the hurt to then forgive or should I even in the midst of that hurt do the work to get to that place to forgive.
2: I would say do the work to get to that place because you will never want to forgive. Vengeance is mine, Cherry. I want that vengeance. God will not punish them the way I think they should be punished.
0: Okay, <laughs> God, it's too long. You're like God it's you too, long.
2: too long. <laughs> yeah, he's too patient. He's too kind. He's too, patient. It's like he's too yeah. kind. So we have to understand. We will think the worst. We yeah. will think the worst, and that's not, especially for us as believers, we are called to set that example and to encourage others. I always say forgiveness is not approving what the person did. I don't want you to approve what they did. I'm not asking you for just pardon, because that's a legal term. I'm not excusing what they did. Was right. None of these things are okay. But as a sister and a friend, I cannot allow you to remain in that place.
1: Huh? Right. You
2: forget, you cannot forget a significant thing that happened in your life. No. No way. I've had to talk to women and you're like, maybe my um molester didn't remember because I was only eight when he molested me. I know I'm 40. I still remember it, maybe he didn't. And I'm like, no, 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 don't let the enemy play you that curveball. Write a letter to that uncle or father, whoever did that to you, and ask God to give you the opportunity, time to give it to them. This is an uncle who's still calling you my niece, my niece, my niece. You're gonna tell me he forget? Well, I dare you to ask him about it. And uncle did remember with tears, An apology, he asked for forgiveness because the Lord spoke to her and said, "You're not just holding up your blessing. Your uncle needs some healing, and he cannot be healed until he is set free." That's I'm gonna say this right now. That's that's that's, that's that that's that part that
0: we say that that's that's the Jesus part that we cannot do because just listening to you say that, I need to free my offender.
1: Right, Except that that
2: that is that is that. Yeah, God is not gonna free him for you. You have to give him that right to free him for you. free you, because forgiveness is really a gift you are giving to yourself. You know, because no longer you see a picture in the book where I tie someone to me. Right. I'm carrying the weight of that person. I'm carrying the memory they are living in my mind, rent free, mortgage free, mm-hmm. because. Time I see something or hear something, the voice. Each of us have a voice print. I know my voice is a voice print. I'm walking with the mouse and somebody turn around and recognize my voice. So that person that offended you, their voice print is in your spirit still.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. Now, in chapter nine, you discuss in the book, and again, the title of the book is Receiving Healing Through Forgiveness, A Guide to um, Freedom. You mentioned that the process of forgiveness and um, you mentioned the process of forgiveness and you said that the first step is forgiving God, which I thought was interesting. Um, Why is it important for us to forgive him and
2: acknowledge and even
0: acknowledge that we're mad at God?
2: I think the acknowledging is even more important than forgiving God because God in his sovereignness does not cause us pain. When we are in painful situation, it does grieve and hurt God's heart. And this is why he said, vengeance is mine. Now, in cases where persons might have lost a loved one to suicide, death, um accidentally or whatever the case might be you find these persons are arguing with God where were you? why did you allow this happen? Where were you God? God was omnipresent by the Holy Spirit. he was there when it was happening did he allow it to happen? he allowed it to happen because Romans 8:28 tells us all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are. All according to his purpose. Where was God when I got really angry that Saturday morning and decided enough is enough? I'm running out of this marriage. I'm running because if this man eats me, I'm going to eat him even harder.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So he knows my heart. He knows my temperament. And since the marriage had gotten to that place, he allowed me to walk away from him. That today I can tell person the different pain, the verbal abuse, all that which happened. I was physically abused, but verbal abuse kept haunting me for a number of years. And so it was hard to forgive. And so when we are looking at God and saying, where were you when all this was happening to me? He was omnipresent. He knows these things and because he knows it and he loves us and it hurt his heart when we are hurting, he does not want to leave us in that place of unforgiveness. We can't hold unforgiveness towards God. This chapter in particular, that sentence was my most challenged portion to write. I have a person who had that unforgiveness towards God for years. And when I was teaching on a Zoom last year, she was like, I could give it a story, but her husband would not allow her to write the story, which I think she could have done more justice to it than I, because I've never had unforgiveness towards towards God. Like Job's wife could maybe write the story. Job could not write it, because at no point did Job hold on to a fist in God's face. You know, he was like, if I die like this, I still honor you, God. Yeah. So, it's a challenging question, but it does happen on a daily basis, especially now the time we are living in.
0: So, do you think someone can hurt you, like your like your husband, your per, someone that is, is so you know can do something? I guess at the end of the day, you do believe in the power of forgiveness, and you do believe in the power of restoration and you do believe in the power of that you can that no matter what like there's nothing too bad that you can't forgive that person for
2: um because of as you said i look to the cross and restoration let me correct you right there um restoration and reconciliation does not necessarily happen in all cases of forgiveness. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always happen yeah. in my case. Yeah. My marriage wasn't restored, yeah. but I have a clean heart towards my husband. He's married twice again, and I'm good with the wives and the children after mine, and I just don't allow anything to manifest
1: itself afresh in my life. In- Wow, um, that's that quiet you get
0: <laughs> when the not. When Come the, on, the, so heavy. Some
2: question in there. Go on, ask them.
0: Yeah, I,
1: mean,
2: I, I, I think
0: one of the things, one of the examples that you had in the book that you mentioned, you talked about this time where you. We're talking negatively about oh, your yeah. ex-husband mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the beauty parlor. You were saying something negative about your ex-husband, and the fact that you had to return to that person that you were saying talking negatively about your husband, yeah. and have to ask for forgiveness for saying that. Yeah. And 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 I guess like my question then is like, where do you? find the balance between speaking your truth of like, this happened to me. This is what, like, this is what you did without bashing the person, without bashing that person's character. Because that's, that's a very...
2: It's a, hard. But because maybe, as you said, culture and upbringing also has a lot to do with it. I grew up with a grandmother who did not believe in gossiping. So outside of my faith, She was a Christian, and maybe that's where she demonstrated that for. I did not want to allow this thing to linger with me. I did not want it to become gossip, because that's what happened. Anybody know a beauty parlor and a barbershop? That's the soap opera center. And uh, what led me to ask this person for forgiveness is that I knew she add to the story. I knew she had interest in my ex-husband, and I had to let her know he's a free man. I uh, have no uh, attachment to him. Uh, Stop it! If you do want him, where does bro. that is so much adulting right now? I I, I just wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh get him, but do not mess up my name. And the thing is, K and J, you have to have a confidence in who you are. And I love Psalms 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I didn't get dressed up for you two ladies. I got dressed up for me.
1: And you cute too.
2: She real cute. I can't see these pink pink frames.
0: I got these pink frames on. Okay, mama, she's like, hey.
1: Hey, <laughs> and
2: it doesn't take a lot of money to look cute. I yeah. tell you off the air where my glasses came from and how much it cost me. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, for me, I, I used to walk for a while because of the verbal abuse with my head down. I hang my head down. I would not look up. And then I discover if I put on some heels, I walk with a lot more confidence. So I begin to take off the sneakers, especially if I had to go to my ex-husband's office. I'm going to be <laughs> cute. Now. Tell the people, be honest. Yeah, I'm being truthful. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I went there and the person who greeted me said, I didn't know so-and-so have another daughter. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So when my ex-husband came out to me, he said, what did you tell the man? I said, ask him, I don't know. He said, he came and told me, my daughter is there waiting on me. I'm like, really? <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> no. So I begin to walk in that confidence. And so when I approach her, she tried to deny the fact that she tried to cut me down and all of that. And saying, listen, it's not a matter of justifying what happened. I just want you to know my heart is clean and free towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Again, um, it's a lot of quiet on this end because this is just a lot of um, just really good. I don't even want to call it information, but just wisdom that I believe that God is just really um, allowing us to just grasp and take and and digest. Um, Some some slices are um, easier to digest. Than others, right? If we could be honest, especially with this conversation of forgiveness, I mean, again, th- th- this is some major adulting. Um, just listening to you, um, Reverend Cherry, sharing again about just some uh, just your own personal experiences, and I think that's I think that's why I so appreciate your ministry is that you do not speak from a place where you do not understand, um, but you speak from a place that no, I, I've been there, I know what it's like. And I'm on the other side. And I think sometimes that could be one of the challenges about forgiveness, because as Kay was saying, right? You wanna hold, (laughs) I want them to remember what they did, right? Um, Because you don't see that you could ever be on the other side of just what is happening um, before you. I know um, prior to, before before my husband, I was in a, a really, I was in a long, I was in a relationship for about eight years and that was it was my first relationship and i remember in that relationship i thought that was like my forever relationship like that was going to be mm-hmm. my forever relationship and then i just remembered um the hurt like how i at one point i was like i don't even know how i ended up in this place but more mm-hmm. importantly there was so much hurt that had happened in that relationship that i remember one day i was in his in the car with him and we were on our way to church <laughs> and he said something and I took the bag of Skittles that I had in my hand and I just threw them all in the car and the Skittles just went everywhere. And I just saw myself, like I think I had an out of body experience. I saw myself and I was like, who are you Jasmine? Who are you? Because I started I felt like I started like going crazy, like just doing things that was just so out of character to who I was because I literally was like, this dude got has me literally losing my mind. <laughs> and because of, the, of just the hurt I had felt, I just never, I remember I said, I, I now know what it means when they said the carpet was pulled out from underneath me. Like I never <laughs> knew what that felt like until that incident and i was like i know what i now know what it feels like and you're just so hurt that you
2: just are like i have i don't know how i just i just don't know how um, to get over it and so when you
0: when you talk about your own um experience with forgiveness um i i always appreciate it because it always comes from a place i believe where no i've been there i've done that i know what it feels like to be on, to be, to be there and to come on the other side. And as you shared, I can celebrate with my ex. I can celebrate marriages. I can talk to his um,
2: wives and their children and there's still love. There. And there's love there. There's no. animosity, a month or any of that kind of stuff. And, that is
0: just so like, wow, like just super, super. Um, that's not but
2: God work. That's God work right there.
1: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that's okay. God work right there.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's definitely God work. Because when you said that you were able to wife, I mean, be friends with the wives afterwards. I was like, that's only Jesus. That is only For Jesus. It.
2: Yes, yes. It's a good. place of choice and faith because, like I said, I did not want to look like this old, grumpy mm-hmm. person. And I see we're unforgiveness age a lot of people. Oh, that's good. Age a lot of mm-hmm. people, and in my process of forgiveness, good. I remember I was in the supermarket. This story is partially in the book. And my face just was carrying my heart. Mm. And someone said to me, Lady, it could not be that bad. And I'm like, What are you talking about? So that uh-uh, was still there. And uh, I looked around and I didn't see him. And I went home. I literally went home that thing, got my kids into bed early and made an appointment in the bathroom with tears. Oh, yeah. He said that in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I cried, but in crying, my tears did two things for me then, especially. It either got me so angry, as Jasmine said, where she threw the skittle down. My anger could cause me to fight, to eat back, to be angry, Mm -hmm. without control. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord reminded me of my names. And said he didn't see my names in me. Yeah. And when he said he didn't see my names in me, I was like, huh. And when I reflected on my names, I realized there was Winsome, a sweet person. Yeah. Leona, a strong person, lioness. So I could flip the coin any side. And I chose to go Winsome rather than the lioness at that (laughs) time because I needed to be calm right, and be careful how I react because I was not allowing anyone else to control my character. Yeah, It has been smeared long enough, yeah. time for changes.
0: Um, for those, I mean, in the book, um, I'm sorry, um, Kay, mm-hmm. but in the book, she did something that I thought was really good as she shared that incident that was like your aha moment where you decided no more and I'm going to move forward. Um, and you, she does this thing in the book where she says, um, what, like, what is the meaning in your name? Mm-hmm. Like finding out the meaning mm-hmm. in your name and then knowing when you begin to like, as she said, she broke down the meaning in her name. And, and from there she was able to draw from and True. remember who I, you know, who are you? Because in, 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 in cause i I've, I've, in that relationship that I was in, you forget who you are, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And you forget because the hurt, the pain, and
2: and sometimes you're looking the at the control. Yeah. yeah. The control. They're controlling in such a way that you don't even realize it's control. We call that control love. We call that control he cares or she cares. But it's really a manipulating, controlling person that has you in the palm of their hand. And you feel like if they leave. He's taking my heart to him. My life is gone. My breath is gone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And so I I, I love that. Um, again, you have so many exercises, but that's one of the exercises that I really, I I found to be one of those things that can really help to remind you of who you are, right? As my husband yes. said, not yes. just who you are, but whose you are. You are. And, and as you continue to say that more and more, you begin to get greater. Strength. Live it. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: You live it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I had like there was one part in the book. This was the um, I don't can't see what chapter is, but in this section you said, after this, after this, make make the choice to forgive immediately. If you find yourself in a place of um woundlessness and unforgiveness, this will keep you in tune with the Holy Spirit, humble and broken before God and that. In order to truly forgive, you must be willing to humble yourself. And I thought about like just the things like for me specifically for me over the past the past year where I've so I've been very clear on like okay I have forgiven my um, I've forgiven my significant other like I've forgiven I have forgiven him right but then when you are constantly still feeling. the ramifications of the decisions that were made. Like, for example, you speak about your divorce, right? So in that time, when you, when for whatever reason, you guys got divorced, you're still after the divorce and he has left or he is gone, you're still dealing with you. I would imagine you as a mother having to deal with your child and feeling that every single day. So it's more like you're feeling it every day. So this is like an everyday choice of like, that's the hard part. That's the hard part for me. Cause it's like, I will say that I forgive, like, okay, I'm good. I forgive him. But then every single day. You have have reminders. I have reminders every day. It's like an attack every single day. So every day when I'm home with the kids or every day when I'm like, oh, we could have been doing this together. Or every day, it's like a, it's so hard. Like that to me is the hardest part. Like every time I think I have, I have not.
2: <laughs> so well, let me, Yeah. Let me tell you something there. Remember now the kids are a constant reminder and my kids, myself and my ex-husband, we all look alike. So they are characteristic and behavior in each of my daughters that either um, compliment or tear down my ex-husband. So, I had to literally fall in love with my children as if they were just mine alone, mm-hmm. giving them the permission to see their dad, but made the choice. Did you want children? Yes, I wanted children. And you have a lot of us, we get into a marriage or a relationship, and we want children. But we never give these marriages to God. This is why you're here. I'm fighting for marriages. I've heard women confess now that I'm talking to them. You are right. I just kept on asking God for children, for children. She never asked for a good father to my children, a good husband to me, a provider. Generational curse being broken off off of him. What am I bringing to this relationship to form these children? Am I bringing something to form them that will complement this husband that God has provided me with? So we enter, and this is where I, um, where when I'm doing counseling, I will say to the couple, remember this honeymoon looking forward to phase, it will fade If you don't go into the marriage, you know the man likes to sit on the couch watching football on a Sunday. When he used to like going to church, but because you're so in love with him, you sit next to him. Do you think when you marry him, he's going to stop doing that? No, he's not. So we buy into a lot of things in the courtship and the dating that later on, it becomes the sore thumb in, in, in these relationships. So the children being a constant reminder, we have to look back and say, God, I saw the sign and I should have stopped it there. I didn't. So we also have to take responsibility of some of these things. A lot of time we don't want to look in the mirror. Don't. We yeah. don't. And so we keep pointing the finger at these men. But we saw how oh, he treated his mother. We saw how oh, he treated, I've seen women sat beside a man and hear in person tell teller out oh, at the drive up and never correct them. If he's disrespecting the teller like that, why is he not going to treat me this way when we are having an argument? If I don't correct you, then how am I going to want to change you when we're in the bonds of a marriage? And that honeymoon phase is fading out so the love has taken another page. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the constant reminder of forgiving them, we, I, I have to look into myself in order to be able to forgive him. So you said forgive it Yeah. Said I have to do. look. I have to look into myself of who am I in that marriage? What did I do to help to cause him to react the way he reacted? That angry Mm. person that was in there was there, but I kept turning it and covering it up and pretending it's not there. So I was an enabler. Mm. Do we want to admit that we were enablers? No, we don't. But we have to accept our part of enabling these men to treat us the way they treat us. Or anyone. Or anyone, yeah, for that matter. No,
0: Let me ask you a question. So we understand the importance of, okay, we have to, there's a lot of hard work, right? Hard work, that is hard yeah. work. Hard work, yeah. That we have to do in order to get to forgiveness. And I know one of the things that we've talked about is revisiting those old wounds, right? Visiting, mm-hmm. going back to that place where it happened, or going confronting that person again—whether, like you said, through a letter, or or um, waiting for the um, the best time—but um, how do we guard, or what must we do to guard ourselves, right, so that when we do revisit those old wounds, that we don't stay
2: there in that exactly so what that's that. That's a very good one because a lot of persons revisit. They revisit with such anger and determination that I am not going to forgive. But if you're revisiting and saying, first of all, I don't want it to become a gossiping situation. So when I revisit, revisit can be in a conversation with someone else. Always my attitude when I am speaking about the situation. Am I speaking about it from a place of revenge? Am I speaking it from a place of pity? Am I speaking from a place of saying, I am ready to let it go? Mm-hmm. So, when you revisit a wound, there's going to
1: be some pain. There's going to be some stirring up of what happened. So, I will take them one by
2: one. So, when I revisit, I watch my reaction, analyze the situation, and be able to move away from it. But if you're just refreshing just empty-handed, you're going to get in trouble. So you basically pay
0: attention
2: to what you're, what's going on, being
0: intentional. Intentional,
2: oh, that's a good word. Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah. you're revisiting, so paying attention to how you're feeling and not letting yourself Go too far deep
2: and stay in there. Yeah. Your yeah. person will revisit their womb and they listen to the same music that they used to play when they and that person were together. Those nice songs love music. It's gonna hurt because you're gonna think, now, who is he dancing with to that song? Who is he sharing or she? Because sometimes this cases of maybe parents do, you know, that food. That- it would cook and it makes it so delicious. Yeah, don't go, Which oh, wish mommy was here cooking that food. Yeah, no pity party. Mm-hmm. Can't be a pity party
0: moment. Here's a question for you. In all the trainings that you've done, I know I've had an opportunity to see a couple of them and I, there's I have a couple that are my favorite, like the cup and the poison cup and the Band-Aid you have a, um, you're really good about just like for people like myself who are very visual, you have a really great way of just kind of really helping us to really visualize this whole thing about forgiveness and and the effects of of forgiveness and what it does. What would you say um, is a demonstration or one of your visuals that you have found that has led to some of your most memorable breakthroughs? Um,
2: And if you don't mind sharing that with us. All right. Two of them is where I use a nail. As a demonstration where I would put a nail between my thumb and the center of my hands and say, if you choose not to forgive, you're saying the nail in Christ's hand, three nails and a cross. The thorn on his head is not worth enough for you to forgive. Wow. And then I reflect. Right. Like, okay. am I'm ready to pierce myself, I'll do it just for her because this is not on the recording. This is what it looks like. Am I willing to have this thing armor true me? Or am I willing to do what Christ did on the cross and use it to forgive? The next one I like, because I can lighten onto this one, is putting a band-aid over a portion of my skin and um, try to remove that band-aid. I remember as a child, I would have like a sister or a boy and it was cover up when that thing occurred. They would put what we know as a spicy pepper leaf soaked in some um, hot coconut oil, olive oil, or castor oil. Place it on that or board for a number of days, and when they thought it was ripe and ready, they were ready to get everything out. And they weren't just gonna get the outer part of the inflammation, I would hear my grandmother say, we need to get to the root of this thing. And so I find when I say to person, revisiting, understanding where this unforgiveness started, get to the root. So in your adulthood, you might be having problems with unforgiveness, but what is the root cause of your unforgiveness? That jealousy, that pride, that anger, that offense, that favoritism, you need to get to the root of it. Revisit that nine-year-old child, that six-year-old child where the wound first started. Get to the root, get it out, and then you'll be able to forgive easier in your adulthood. But until you can get to the root cause, it's very So I find when I do the demonstration with the Band-Aid, persons can go, they remember what it feels like to have that pimple when you want to go out that night and that pimple is there and you're going to do everything to get it out because yeah. you want to yeah mm. so the band-aid and the nails which I gave have pictures in the book um, that shows it a little bit more and explain it better clearer
1: <sighs> Once of the rule is but sometimes
0: like the unforgiveness that you, like you mentioned, the unforgiveness that you're dealing with right now, is probably from you not being able to forgive someone who did something to you as a child when you were innocent, and you just yes. continue to hold on to it, or something that you went through where you were a teen and you haven't forgiven, but because you haven't thought about it or dealt with it, you think that it's it's covered and it's not yeah.
2: time said, to expose it. Uh-huh.
0: Time to That's hard. And, you know, in our cultures, we, it's in our, you know, in our cultures from the islands, we're very good at covering stuff up. Exactly. When it comes to family secrets, there's so many people who have probably experienced being sexually abused or being physically abused. And so we are so good at keeping that a secret that now as an adult, the whole family will probably turn against you if you now, as an adult, try to go back and revisit that so that you can they wouldn't see it as freedom. They would see it more of you causing trouble. Like leave that alone. Yeah. They
1: right, yeah.
0: keep that quiet. Right. Um, don't bring that back up. But you're but you truly do not get freedom because you were probably thinking about that more times than you care to admit. It's part exactly. of your it probably affects how you parent your child. It probably affects how you deal with children, how you look at other people. All of this stuff stays with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to get yeah. into the group. is hard. It's it's a tough decision. This is not easy. Forgiveness no. is not easy, and this is, this is this is this is this is tough stuff for adults only. Yeah.
1: For, adults for adults only. only. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is why I, even in the state of my life, I try to encourage my grandchildren. Go tell your brother, tell your sister sorry, and mean it. And if you're not happy with me telling you that, tell me why you don't feel like you should forgive them. So even training up the children now, it's very important for us to help them. And she said, culture, culture has been one of those stuff. I mentioned it in the book, too. We can be wounded by culture. We thought it was okay. We were told it was okay.
1: Right
0: right exactly we were all told that it was okay oh wow this was such a great conversation this was see why i told you she's been she, yeah this is a great I conversation you gave me a about. lot you gave me a lot to think about a lot to go back and think about i think i have some stuff um present and like i i wasn't even paying attention to the past stuff i was paying more attention to the present stuff that I was had going on in my life now and now i'm like wait wait a second now well is this coming from my past do i need to i need to sit with this a little bit more so if for someone who is ready to forgive i would tell them you know to to grab your book and where can they find your book at how can they order it if they want to get a receiving healing through forgiveness a guide to freedom
2: um, it's can- available on amazon it's available in Barnes and Noble by order and um when i'm local South Florida, I do carry some of the book. The ones that you, who ladies are fortunate to have, is the one with the color pictures on the inside. The Amazon copies, black and white. And so I'll name them throughout the U.S. if necessary. Mm-hmm. But Amazon and Barnes & Noble are my main places right now.
0: We'll do like Kay's really good about um, putting all those information in our show notes, so that um, if you are interested and if you want to go deeper um, and definitely get um, more guidance on this idea of not just forgiveness, but I think the message, if I'm sure, uh, and I, I definitely want to have you close um, this idea of freedom, right? Forgiveness is about freedom, right? Being able to like live this walk in this freedom and not being bound or allowing anybody else to, to bind you outside of what yeah. God has called you. I find it interesting as we get ready to close. One of the things that you did in this book was you start off in the beginning talking about the nature of who God is, right? Yes. They all are the names of who God is. And then you close the book with the same message of love um, in terms of how love is the portion of God's image that we are all made from. And that at the end of the day, that's what God always wants to bring us back to. So, um, Reverend Williams, we just want, um, to, to, um, if you could say, um, one thing that you would hope that our listeners could take away from today's conversation, um, what would that be as it relates to, um, forgiveness? Cause I know my takeaway, as I just shared, (laughs) (laughs) what would be um, something that you would, um, hope that they would take away from today's conversation to help them
2: towards forgiveness? It's going to go right back to what you ended with love. You have to first love yourself and forgive yourself. So many persons are walking around with unforgiveness towards themselves. Mm -hmm. So, if you're not able to forgive you, it's going to be even virtually impossible to forgive others. So, love, the Bible tells us that God is love. So, when I had that portion being written on revisiting the garden, It was love where, when Adam and Eve fell, God told this serpent, Listen, I love them enough that I am going to restore them. And the way in which I'm going to restore them, yes, you will bruise his heel, but I'm going to allow my son to crush your head. And that victory of love in the garden, but I said, love after forgiveness, and that's the cross love after forgiveness love after
1: forgiveness um and on that note as we all said um
2: our
0: be well series um reverend williams thank you so much for being our special guest um we have been taking all um month long we have just been talking about different ways in which god is calling us to be well and we know that um this is some soul work we want to call some heart work that we know that god desires us to be well in our heart and in doing so it'll manifest in the other areas of our life So we want to say thank you to um again reverend williams um we asked that our listeners we hope that you all enjoyed our um, our conversation today um kay's really good about letting you all know how you all can connect with us and share yes connect with us at info.thealt at gmail.com follow us on instagram and like If you're on Apple, please leave us a review, five-star review, and subscribe. (laughs) This helps other people like you hear this message and get this out. And don't you think other people need to listen to it? They do. So go ahead. Give us that five-star review and like and subscribe. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening to us. And we hope that you guys continue to have a great evening or night or day and continue to keep living life. Life is the way. way. Bye. 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 Bye.